2: Welcome to MindShifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is a Friday, September 8th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people and using some of the most powerful effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n If you go to that website and click on the two words that say start here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a place where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book, His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of that book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for 19 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process. And it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. And we hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives the more they actively use these tools in their lives. And secondarily, because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, please do so. Give us a call at 563-999-3581. If you do that and press 1 on the phone, it will put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I will turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code, and we can have a conversation. Alternatively, you can send me an email. You can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org or you can email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at org. That's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n dot o-r-g. And when you do that, we will address your comment or question on the show. And then, as time allows, send you a notification about what day and time That happens so you can listen back to the archive for the feedback. And I like to remind people that we are very grateful when people do that, either calling directly or sending us an email because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. And the intention with this work is to be a service. And um, it's just far easier to do when people let us know how things are landing for them. So we've got about fifty minutes left today to handle comments questions, answers, testimonials, discuss what happened in the support group last night, review worksheets, work through a worksheet with someone um, i am uh I'm here today just to be here just to Fulfill that responsibility, <clears throat> and uh, just to show up, which is one of the things that all of us um, we do in one way or another. We just show up, and everybody, uh, you know, makes their own decisions. or choices about when they show up and how they show up. I've had a, uh, a history of telling people that, I don't know if it's true or not, but my life gets better the more I pretend that everybody's doing the best they can in each moment with whatever resources they have. And there are times where There's just so much that's demanded of a person by the current situations and their sense of expectations and their focus on how other people think they should be, etc., that we run out of energy, that we have a nervous breakdown, that we have a crying fit or a rage outburst simply because we're not really paying attention to the inner state. We're focused more on thoughts about how we should be or what will other people think of us. We were listening to the uh, podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, and um, it was my probably third time through listening to it, and I heard something new. I heard this woman talk about how As she's getting therapy for her eating disorder issue, she's learning for the first time that it's possible and even important for her to pay attention to what she's feeling inside her own body as she's eating. Now, you know, most people who don't have an eating disorder issue would say, well of course, what else would you be focusing on? And she was very clear about where her energy had been going for years. It was going on, what do those people across the table from me think about how I'm eating and how much I'm eating and whether or not I should be eating it less or I should be eating more? And So the idea is shoulds, my own shoulds, other people's shoulds. And I just want to highlight for today that shoulds, any should that I can make up is like a poison. If I focus more on what I think I should or what someone else thinks I should, It's kind of like mixing poison in with your meal and then trying to enjoy your meal. Life is going to unfold. It's always just unfolding. And when any of us decide we're going to load up on the shoulds It doesn't match, you know, my should never matches what actually is, just by definition. And even if I say, oh, this is good, this should be happening, it's like loading up with poison, because in the next minute, life can go in a different direction from an infinite number of factors that I don't have any control over whatsoever, And if it clashes with my should, what am I going to feel? I'm going to feel the upset. I'm going to feel the negative effects of the poison I've been pouring into my system. Some of the most intelligent, competent, well-intentioned people I know are stuck in a pattern of drinking that kind of poison drinking the poison of shoulds and so if you take a look at your life and you do an honest assessment this is essentially what one part of the way of mastery that we were reading the past few days is talking about Do an actual assessment of where you place value on certain thoughts, certain status, certain beliefs, certain situations in your life. That's just like this should business. And once you do, you'll start to see, or at least you've opened the door, for yourself to be able to see how this should business or this valuing of one thing or another is leading to most of the suffering you experience. One of the things that we heard from the Michael Singer talk we were listening to Tuesday and again last night was the uh, the idea that Whenever you think you're right, you're not right. Your your thoughts about life, right, wrong, up, down, they aren't true. They're just based on your life experiences. And if you'd had different life experiences, you would have different thoughts about what's true, what's right, what's appropriate, what's good, what's bad, what's off, what's slightly off, what's way off offline off or off target. And stepping into, at deeper and deeper levels this willingness to live your life from this direct observation. Not this specific observation, but the process of always observing. And you might even do the thought experiment, do the actual life experiment of putting yourself on abstinence from judging. And in that We're talking about judging anything as either good or bad. Putting the contraction in your energy system, in your mind-body energy system, that goes along with judging, that goes along with labeling. And watch how your life changes. Try it for a few weeks. Try it for a couple of months. See if you can even begin the process of abstaining from judging. And watch what happens. Now, one of the simple ways to abstain from the judging is you can try that filter that I talked about earlier. I'm going to look through, every, I'm, I'm to look through my filter at everything I, that occurs in my life, and the filter is set to everyone is doing the absolute best they can in each moment with whatever resources, traumas, strengths, weaknesses, habits, patterns, knowledge, skill sets, personal strength, ego strength. Everyone is doing the best they can in each moment with whatever resources they have. That helps me, whenever I use that, step away from judgment and move into allowance and acceptance. Why would I move into allowance and acceptance? Well... The way of mastery says allowance and acceptance are two of the five keys to the kingdom. You want access to this thing we call enlightenment. You want access to perpetual bliss. You want access to a sense of value and purpose and solidity and consistency in your life. The five keys to the kingdom are desire, intention, allowance, surrender, and humility. Why would I move into allowance and surrender? That's not the Western mind's way to deal with things. The Western mind has been trained to judge, to evaluate, to fight for what's right, to put down what's wrong, to rage, etc., etc., etc. What if none of that ever leads to anything lasting in terms of peace and serenity and joy? What if it it only has these temporary dopamine and serotonin hits, these endorphin hits, and it never lasts? Because it's all based on focusing on the outside, focusing on your shoulds or somebody else's shoulds. Shoulds about the world around you, shoulds about yourself, Shoulds about your body, shoulds about your dress, the way you dress, the vehicles you use or don't use. What if allowance and surrender are far more productive in bringing all the things we say we want? That good feeling, a lasting good feeling, a sense of consistency, a sense of bliss, a sense of contentment, a sense of joy what if now it's an invitation just like everything in A Course in Miracles and The Way of Mastery it's just an invitation Michael Singer was doing his talk that we were listening to from a multi like a 12 or 13 hour series of talks he's given about the content of his book The Untethered Soul and In this, he says, you know, um, very much the same thing. I mean, essentially, if he understood uh, the reality management worksheet the way I do, I believe he would say, oh, that's exactly the same as what I'm talking about in the Untethered Soul and these yogis that go for enlightenment, is that they quit trying to change the outside world. That's step one. They realize they can't do that. Life is just going to keep unfolding. And the next step, when they have a negative emotion, is they learn to quit trying to change their negative emotion. Instead of trying to change how they feel inside, they just study it. They question it. Essentially, exactly what happens in a reality management worksheet i use the first three steps of the worksheet to map out exactly what my conscious logical mind is doing with its process that david bohm would call sustained incoherence and krishnamurti would call you know the the error of thought and and making thought have a higher level of value in my life than observation and that That's going to create problems. That's going to create the negative emotions that I say I don't want. So the first three sets of the Reality Management Worksheet are I put that on the paper. I observe what I'm doing with my thoughts to create the emotions I'm experiencing. I'm observing what my mind is telling me has to happen and change either in me or in people outside of me or in the world around me in order for me to be happy. And then I put... All of it aside, and I ask to be shown a deeper level of understanding about how I'm creating this, or this is just resonating old trauma patterns within me. Michael Singer would call those trauma patterns samskaras. But it was stunning to me the past few times we've been listening to Michael Singer's work that he keeps getting closer and closer to describing what, to my eye and ear, is exactly the process of the reality management worksheet. We're not trying to change anything with the reality management worksheet. We're trying to map out what our conscious logical mind is trying to tell us we need to have happen and who's right and who's wrong and what are these shoulds and those shoulds. We map it out and then we let it go we cancel it we withdraw our need to be right we withdraw our goal to have anyone or anything else change and we sit in an open observing state asking what's really going on at deeper levels of my mind this is exactly what Michael Singer is promoting that he says this is what the true yogi does The true yogi doesn't try to change their internal response to an event when they're upset. The true yogi just learns to explore it, to question it and understand it. And, again, Michael Singer is talking about this almost exactly the way Dr. Michael Rice does. He says, because if I try to change the way I'm feeling about something... I'm messing with things at the level of effect. I'm not getting at the cause. The real cause is the underlying dynamic, the trauma energy, the samskaras, the past beliefs I downloaded from my power person dynamics, etc. All these different words can be woven in there. It's the same dynamic. Each one of us thinks and feels and reacts the way we do because of the life experiences we've had the way we were trained with logic or language, rather, from our families, and what our life experiences have been with our families. That's how we generate these, what Michael Rice would call these decisions, these automatic decision processes, results. We aren't able to choose as a spiritual faculty because we're living in that reflexive response based on what's been programmed into our, our mind, as Michael would call it, the carbon-based memory. The good news is we we do, each of, each and every one of us, we do have access to something else. The not-so-good news is we haven't been taught that. So we have to have the good fortune of stumbling across a school of thought or a teacher or a friend or a family member or be born into a family where people are understanding it's all an inside job. And once that happens, if we're willing to turn our focus inside, now we've moved the focus of our attention, which is this creative force. We keep talking about it as though it's a creative force. And now we've moved the focus of our attention and our creative force on to something that we actually have control over. Now the sky's the limit. Now I can actually make changes at a cause level, as Michael Rice would talk about. And I'm not just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm changing, I'm understanding the dynamic that causes most, if not all, of my suffering as an internal process and with the willingness to change my response to that negative energy and that suffering, what's my response? I tighten up. I get tense. I get defensive. I get tightened up in my breath. I get tightened up in the muscles in my body. I get defensive. Them's fighting words, you're wrong, I'm right. It's settled. Why argue? The solution with Michael Singer's work is essentially the same solution as with Michael Rice's work. You keep your breath moving. How many times in the Reality Management Worksheet does it say, keep your breath moving, take a nice, deep breath, You want to add some energy to that? Make sure you hold it at the top for a couple seconds and then slow the exhale down. You will be sending an irrevocable message to your physical body that you're not in danger. It doesn't need to ramp up into the stress response and the fight or flight response. It can take the tension down a few notches. This is almost exactly what Michael Singer says. Once you notice that you're feeling tighter tense, that you're feeling defensive, that you have this negative emotion that's been generated inside of you, relax. Soften. It's the same message. Take the conscious logical mind, which is a very useful tool in certain situations, and set it aside, because for this set of circumstances, for my anxiety, for my depression, for my grief, The conscious logical mind is not the solution. Guy Finley says, The mind only stops creating its own suffering when it finally realizes that it is the source of its suffering, not the solution to its suffering. So again, there's three different sets of spiritual teachings that are all saying the same thing. What should I do? What should I do? Just relax. What should I do? What should I only find this? What should I do now? Take a breath. Relax. Let the energy move through you. Recognize, and here's another level of these teachings, and they all share the same kind of teaching, recognize that your thoughts about you are not who you are. It's not the essence of you. There's a lot more going on here than meets the eye. You are not just a physical body. This is part of direct observations. Way of Mastery was talking about it and says, you know, we've all had experiences as these energetic beings that we haven't talked to a friend in in months or years and all of a sudden we think about them and then the phone rings and it's them. We've all had the experience that we reach out to somebody, whether it's a phone call or an email or a text message, and they say, wow, it's weird that you call. I haven't talked to you in years, but you know this and this is going on, or I was just thinking about you, or I could really use your help on this. We all have those experiences, which have no logical explanation if you think you're just a body. So, Your essence is not getting hurt when you're feeling the suffering. So it is perfectly safe for you to just breathe and soften and experience that suffering. You don't need to do anything about the fact that you've got this deep grief, except breathe and soften and explore how it is you're creating that what it is that you're valuing in the moment that you're now deciding has been taken away from you and you'll never get back again. That's how we generate grief. Way of Mastery says, you know, just pay attention to how uh, dynamic this process is. Would you say it's it's a death when somebody is in a house and they open a door and walk into another room and close the door? Of course not. Well, since you're not just the physical body, this thing that, the way of mastery says it is, that we mistakenly call death, it's the transition from one state of energy into another that we mistakenly call death, is just like that. The essence of who you are doesn't end when your physical body dies. At least that's the root of these teachings. That's the root of all these deep spiritual teachings. Michael Rice says in his lecture, Purpose, Personal Power, and Commitment, everybody shares the same primary purpose. What is that? In Michael Rice's work, everyone shares the same primary purpose, and that is this, to develop and then strengthen a viable Conscious spiritual body, what does that mean? It means waking up to the fact that you're not just a physical body. There's a lot more going on here than just this you know experience you have as a uh, uh, walking around in a meat suit. Now, of course, not everybody believes that. But that's the root of these teachings. So if I'm going to get value from these teachings, if I'm going to be able to tap into the promise of release from suffering and um, more satisfaction in life and or you know, name the benefit, more time in bliss, less time in emotional pain, if I'm going to tap into that, I have to at least... Practice, pretend, try out the core premises of this work. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't know if it will work for everybody who tries it. But that's what these teachings are offering. Drop the shoulds. Recognize that life is unfolding as it should in each moment in ways we'll may never understand and that when we fight against the way life is unfolding we create the suffering that we say we don't want no one's creating it in us or for us except us and this is you know coming today because several people in my life are shooting this and that this shouldn't be happening that shouldn't be happening they're creating anger over these things that are happening because they've labeled them as they should not be happening this way or that it's almost like the um the active process of trying to stab at somebody else by stabbing yourself in the heart or trying to hurt somebody else by drinking poison yourself So the invitation, and we we're reading this this last time in, in the last sessions or sections that I read from Lesson 9 in the Way of Mastery, the invitation is take a very close, clear look at what you place value upon. And if you're not really clear what you place value upon, just look at what is in your life. If you're working two or three jobs and barely have enough time, to eat a decent meal and you're not getting much exercise then the fact of the matter is you value working at that level or and or you value what you've assumed can only be acquired by you by working at that level and when I wake up to that as just an absolute truth My life can start to get better. I can start to drop the shoulds. I can interrupt the process within me that's creating the vast majority of my suffering. I don't have to, but the invitation is there. And the how is far too simple for most people who've been raised in a Western mindset. It can't be that easy. What do you mean just relax? What do you mean just take a breath? What do you mean just cancel my goal? What should I do instead? the conscious logical mind has been trained to believe everything needs to be hard. And while it may be new, novel, while it may take some practice because it hasn't been practiced, it may be that there is a well-rehearsed pattern of thought that's running with a lot of momentum and a strong habit in me. And that may be a challenge for me to dissipate, and yet it's well worth the effort. Whatever it takes for me to stop doing what I've been practicing that doesn't work. That's the first step. Can I stop doing what doesn't work? Well, that's um, If it's a thought pattern that's in me that's got a lot of momentum and it's been well-practiced, that might be quite the challenge to keep my attention focused strongly enough, clearly enough, day in and day out to interrupt that pattern which isn't working or which is creating the suffering that I say I don't want. And yet, that is the first and most important step. So our call-in number is 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, you can let me know if any of this is making any sense whatsoever. Area code 520, you're in the air. Who do we have?
3: This is Audrey.
2: Welcome, Audrey.
3: Thank you for bringing up the subject using the word should. A while back, someone pointed out to me about the shoulds, and um, my awareness has increased, and as the increase of awareness took place, so did my awareness of how often I was shooting on myself, and not only on myself upon others and then also that the basis and the root of the shoulds are rooted in fear just as the word ought it. so thank you for pointing out and about the should and you can unmute me
2: all right blessings thank you for the call yeah i i i remember reading a a wayne dyer book probably his second or third book back when he was just coming to popularity and in one of the books he had this wonderful poem about should and ought and uh, would and should and could and ought, and they were somehow um, at a funeral for someone, which was not a person, but it was another uh, thought uh, concept. And it was just a wonderful poem about the lack of value in pursuing or pouring our mind energy into the shoulds the should've, would've, could've—how nothing really gets done if it's done by any of those. You know, if you if you think each word—the the should've and would've and could've—these are individuals. You give a, a job to any one of those, it never gets done. And it's just a—it was a lovely poem about the fact that direct action, direct observation, is the only thing that actually works, and all of the negative self-talk that comes with the would-have, should-have, could-have is counterproductive and, at its root, um, the essence of how we create suffering for us as human beings. And another level of understanding for that is the idea that that's what we end up having fights with other people about and family dis- dis- um disruptions about and wars about, because our shoulds are different than other people's. And if you're raised in a culture where, you know, men are dominant, you have one set of shoulds. you're raised in a culture where women are dominant. dominant, you have a very different set of shoulds. And you're raised in a culture where Charity is valued over everything else. You have a whole different set of shoulds. I remember in the movie I Am, they talked about there's a Native American word for a mental disorder. And the only symptom of the mental disorder is that a person wants more than they need to survive. And they talked about how there was a Native American, you know, an origin story myth about how in the beginning we all lived communally and everybody participated in life in the community by just using their own best skills to their best advantage. And then what would happen is they would do building, and there'd be some people who were very, very good at building they'd do hunting, and there are some people who were very very good at hunting and on and on and on and then gradually one of the 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 pattern was they would go out and they would hunt, and there would be some people who would just be phenomenal hunters and they'd bring home the most food et cetera but it was all divvied up according to need, and nobody wanted more than they needed and so after they had you know even if they've they were personally responsible for bringing in sixty or eighty percent of the food, they would just be happy to take just what they need and then let the rest go to the rest of the tribe and Then this illness crept in, and some of those hunters started to think, well, wait a minute since I did most of the work and I'm the best hunter, I should have more. And it was like a poison that infected the the tribe. And it led to much suffering. It usually would lead to the greatest hunters being ostracized in one way or another. But sometimes they would be honored but it would also lead to a lot of people going without appropriate food. And so then there was a lot of poverty. So here's this mental disease, mental disorder, and the only symptom of it is wanting more than you need to survive. It's from the movie I Am. There are a lot of good points in that movie and they talk about um, heart math energy they talk about greed they talk about my causing my own suffering at different levels they don't use quite those words but Tom Shadyak was the producer or director of um, a number of different very high grossing movies you know, Pet Detective and Liar Liar and Jim Carrey movies. And um, and he had a, a, a serious life crisis and at the at, as a result of it, when, when his life crisis resolved, he was left wondering, well, geez, what am I doing chasing all these millions of dollars and buying bigger cars and bigger mansions when it's not making me happy? So he decided to use his his resources and his skills as a director to create this movie, I Am. And he went out and he asked the greatest minds, philosophers, theologians, scientists that he could find that would be willing to talk to him, and he interviewed them and asked the question, what is the big problem with humanity? And the answer came back, I am. My greed, my self-centeredness, my suffering from this disease of wanting more than I need to survive. And as he progressed through the movie, he started asking, okay, so now what's the solution? And the solution came back the same thing. I am. I'm the solution. I change the internal dynamics within me because that's all I really have control over. Michael Singer says... Most of us try to change the internal dynamics within ourselves by manipulating it with our conscious logical mind rather than just questioning and observing and breathing and softening through it so we get down to the actual cause level. And there's none of this manipulation that needs to happen. He settles into more of allowance and surrender breathing, and softening. And this is how the, the, the Way of Mastery talks about it in Lesson 5. It says, the five keys to the kingdom are desire, intention, allowance, surrender, and humility. And desire, not as in any kind of craving, not as in any kind of obsession, not as in any kind of deep attachment, but desire as this very subtle yet powerful energy that moves through us that carries thoughts like, oh, gee, I wish I had some ice cream or carries thoughts like, wow, I need a better relationship. The energy, the movement of energy, this very subtle movement of energy that carries with it the concept of a bowl of ice cream or a big steak dinner or a big fat bank account with plenty of money to invest in things and buy all kinds of toys it's not the thoughts about what i want that are the critical issue in lesson four of way of mastery where the entire chapter entire lesson is about desire it's about the energy that moves through us at a fundamental level that can carry thoughts and images of this thing or that thing and so the value in learning to tune into that energy cannot be overstated. And we would talk about this in the support group and people would say, oh yeah, but you know, desire is a bad thing and I can't handle it because of the word desire. I've got so many triggers for that. So I started to say to the group, okay, if this is triggering you in a negative way, every time you hear or read the word desire, substitute the phrase, the following phrase, quote, the energy of creation that wants to move uniquely through me in this moment, close quotes. That's what they're really talking about in the way of mastery when they talk about desire. They're not talking about the kind of craving that somebody has or the obsessive urge for food that somebody has when they've got an eating disorder or that somebody who's suffering from obsessive-compulsive disorder that has to check the light switches and the stove setting 15 times before they leave a room. That's not desire. Obsession, passion, several other words craving this is not what they mean by desire they simply mean practicing tuning in to the energy of life that is giving you existence that is allowing you to be aware that you've used in a way without even knowing it to crystallize a body but you are not the body you are this energy, this creative force energy of awareness that can utilize this thought energy and can utilize the body, way of mastery says. And your body has this one primary purpose as long as you're here, and that is to be a communication device, to effectively communicate to people what you value, what you hold most important. So you want to get better at, at these spiritual things. You want a better experience of life. You want to have more bliss. You want to move toward an enlightened state. Here are the five keys to the kingdom. Learn to tune in to the energy of life moving through you that wants to express uniquely through you in each moment. That's the first step. The next step is learn to keep your intention focused on that throughout the day. Don't have it be just a sporadic thing. Now they give you some exercises in a way of mastery and they say start every morning and take a few minutes and do this exercise where you learn to tune into that energy of desire and that's just the beginning. After you get good at that, a key to the kingdom is to make sure you're doing that over and over again throughout the day. It's not a forced thing, it's just an awareness, it's an attunement, it's an alignment. To, my intention is to stay aware and stay in alignment with this energy of creation that wants to express uniquely through me in each moment. And then the next key to the kingdom is allowance. What does that mean? Well... Practically, for somebody who is raised in the Western world and the Western mindset, allowance is really s- this scanning for the earliest signs of tension and resistance and, and judgment and breathing and softening and releasing the tension, the resistance, and the judgment. It's really the absence of tension, resistance, and judgment it's going with the flow it's consciously accepting the flow of life and understanding that how i interpret and choose to respond to it is one of my greatest creative capacities and if i step into allowance if i get really good at noticing the earliest warning signs of tension frustration judgment etc and breathe and soften and cancel the goals and I allow this just to move through me. Then I move to the next step, which is surrender. And with surrender, I'm basically asking life to teach me moment to moment. I'm allowing whatever is happening to happen, and I surrender to be taught by the flow of life, by God, by light, by love, by the creative energy, whatever you want to call it. I'm putting the conscious logical mind aside, and I'm asking, I'm surrendering to the moment. I'm surrendering to love. I'm surrendering to the flow of life. And, of course, Western minds don't want to hear about surrender. Michael Reich used to talk about this in one of his lectures. Nobody wants to hear about surrender. But what they don't realize is, at deeper levels, we're always surrendering to one thing or another. We're either surrendering to anger or fear or guilt or shame or shoulds and we're creating our tension and our resistance to the flow of life through those individual filters, or we have the option to surrender to love, surrender to the flow of life itself, surrender and ask to be taught. And what the Way of Mastery says in Lesson 5 is that if you do those first four things, if you practice tuning in to the energy of creation that wants to move and express uniquely through you in each moment and you learn to keep your intention focused on that energy throughout the day so it can inform your choices so you're not just acting reactively And then you allow, meaning you actively dismantle judgment and tension and resistance and frustration and sadness and guilt by just breathing and softening in its presence rather than adding mind energy to the thoughts that tell you you're right to be angry or you're right to be in grief or you're right to be confused and hurt. Rather than that, breathe and soften and allow. And then... The next moment, surrender to be taught by what you're allowing. Ask to be shown. What's mine to do in this moment? How can I be a blessing to myself and others? How is this flow of life going to work out far better than anything I could imagine? Show me. Show me how to see how life is always unfolding for the highest and best in each moment from different levels of dimension, different levels of existence, different levels of thought. And if you do those first four steps as the first four keys to the kingdom, the way of mastery says your experience of life is going to be so much more highly preferred by you than it was before you started this that you're going to start to be tempted to take some of the credit for it. And that's when it's so important to remember, you didn't create yourself. You don't even know when you were created. I have these other exercises in the way of mastery that have me pick up objects throughout the day and say, I don't know what any of this is or is for. I don't know what any of my brothers or sisters need. I don't know where the material came from that forms this book that's on my desk. I don't know where the material came from that forms the light that's sitting here or who had the first idea for harnessing electricity or generating it or shaping metal in this way. I don't know anything at a deep, deep level. And that's how I generate the humility that helps me see I'm just a part of the flow of life. I am no better or worse than Anyone. I'm not groveling in the dirt. I am able to see, when I look for it, the highest and best in everyone and everything, and then choose to cooperate only with that. That's that humility piece. And if I'm willing to do that, I will be stepping into acknowledgement of and active use of what Way of Mastery calls the keys to the kingdom. So that's my offering for today. Uh, Thank you, uh, Audrey, for raising a hand and sharing something. Um, We have just a few minutes left, so there's not really any time for anybody to add. Um, We have a weekend coming up, and next week we'll have two more support groups. Please feel free to join us or pass the information along to somebody you think might be interested. I haven't mentioned it in a while, but the information to join and support groups is available at MindShiftersAcademy.org and there's a separate page for the Tuesday information to log in and a separate page for the Thursday information to log in. It's absolutely free. We don't require any monetary investment. You do have to give of your time. You do have to make the decision to be doing that rather than one of the dozens of other things we have as possible distractions in our work day world and our evenings. And yet, we would be happy to have you join us and or pass the information along to somebody else. It's absolutely free. It runs from 6.30 to 8.30 or 9. We've ended a few times early in the past few weeks, in part because people have been feeling tired and in part because my fatigue level from my surgery has played a role, but that's our plan, to work from 6.30 to 8.30 or 9 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and that is Central Time, and we'd be happy to have you join us. So, um, call a number, 563-999-3581. The last I heard, I'm checking right now because perhaps I'm not informed correctly, that uh, Michael and Jeannie would be here for today's show. Um, Although they are planning to be out next week. And I will hang up and watch the board because sometimes... This is an indication that Michael is trying to call in and can't. So I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And Jeannie Rice just popped on the board. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. Hope you have a good weekend.
2: All right, you too, and I'll play the shows as requested for next week.
1: Thank you. appreciate it. Blessings. Welcome, everybody, to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. Today is Friday, September the 8th, 2023, and our call-in number is 563-999-3581, and press 1, and that puts you into queue to talk to us, and we would love to hear your comments and questions, because that makes this your show. And Michael and I are going to leave in the morning and go on a vacation, so we're playing pre-recorded shows all next week. We're just going to spend time with Michael J. and Jamie and Kaylee Joe, and uh, relax on the beach. So, if you have questions, today is your day to ask those questions. Otherwise, it will be a week before we will be here for call-ins. So, we would love to hear from you. So, dial that number and press one. I'll give Michael just a moment to dial in, and uh, it was. Really kind of sweet, uh, Aria had half a day today and her mom and dad picked her up from school and they were going to go have lunch together and then uh, um, get their, the girls were getting their nails done. They were going to spend the evening together. Gabby actually leaves on a, a business trip, so Ryan will take care of Aria all next week while we are gone and while the, uh, her mom's gone so they're going to have an exciting week. And it was really kind of cute. He had a a busted lip, and we were like, what happened? And she said, well, this morning before I went to school, I was so full of emotion to slam the door, and Daddy put his hand out to stop me from slamming the door, and the doorknob came back and hit me in the mouth. And so we had a conversation about, you, you know, That's when you talk about things when you're full of emotions and instead of running off and and letting it run you. And so we were were discussing that with her in front of her mom and dad, but it was really cute. She was just like, uh, I was so full of (laughs) emotions. So she wasn't real sure how to describe what she was feeling, but she knew she was full of emotions. And welcome, Michael.
4: everybody, and I have got Nene hopefully on the line. Did we do that successfully today, Nene?
5: Yes, immediately It's a miracle.
4: <laughs> All right. So for those who don't know Nene, Nene is a young lady in Miami who has been teaching our work for, gee, I'm not even sure how many years ago you did teacher training now. It's several.
3: 12, uh, 12, 12 years now.
4: 12 years, wow, time flies. Has been teaching in the Spanish community. And she's been doing a forgiveness meditation in Spanish for some time, and we talked about this on the radio show back a few weeks ago, and so upcoming is a, uh, she's going to do a similar meditation, uh, only to in English this time, so we want to let everybody know. So, Nene, tell us all about it.
5: Yes, thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Here, Nene Ortega, and I'm very pleased and very happy to invite you all to participate in a free meditation. It's guided meditation, it's free via Zoom, and it's called Savak Functional Meditation, Savak FM. Uh, it's um it's a hybrid that I have created, and I started in Spanish. And then I added, um, first of all, um, a guided breathing exercise to bring you into the meditation state. And then we do the Shabak process, which is canceling the goal, observing your feelings, and then we invoke Rukhada Kusha to remove and forgive all those energies that throw us from being a being a human being. And then finally we set a goal. Because it's, um, you know, people come from different um, parts of the world and everybody has different goals. We start with uh, general goals. We cancel, like um, I cancel my goal to be accepted or to be more loving or to be a better listener. You know, some goals that everybody it's, it's good to work on. And then during the process, before we start the process, I ask if somebody has a very specific goal that would like to clear and work on it, and then they write it on the chat, and then um, I include it there. It takes about 45 minutes, the whole process. And it's going to be next Tuesday, September the 12th at 8 p.m., Eastern Day Time, that's Miami time, Miami, Caracas, Venezuela as
1: well, the same time. And so you're all invited. And, Nene, if you will email me the Zoom link, then I will uh, put that in the notes for today.
5: Yes, I will. I will email you, and also I'm going to send it via WhatsApp. So you have it in, in, the, in the WhatsApp. And for the codes, the ID meeting, and the password,
1: That would be awesome. Michael, if you're talking, we can't hear you.
4: I guess I should hit my mute button. <laughs> so so if someone wants to get directly to you and get uh, a link to a Zoom link for the meditation, uh, well, how would they reach you? How would they get it, Mene?
5: I, I can give you my phone number, which I, it's a WhatsApp, and then I can send it. It's 954 954- so if they and just Michael send you a text that I would put to that it number, they'll it. send
4: you the link. Sure.
1: Yes. Either text or WhatsApp. Uh-huh. She's going to send me the link, and I'm going to post it in today's yeah. notes as well. Right. Yes, awesome. as well. Yes.
4: So lots of different ways to connect.
1: Yes, yeah.
5: It's a very, very nice. I've been doing it almost two years and I have people from different, like Panama and ladies and, and gentlemen as well and a couple of them, like the panic attacks really declined. Really they were, they were able to have that benefit. The anxiety and the anger. Those are the like the main feedback that I receive from people that that come. so I'm going to be doing the Shabbat functional meditation in English once a month. It's going to be the second Tuesday for the rest of the year, second nice. Tuesday in September, second Tuesday in October, November, and December. Fabulous: Yeah, and again, it's free.
4: Awesome. Now, do people have an opportunity to donate if they choose
0: to?
5: They choose. Yes, they will. Okay. Cool. They choose. I thank you so much for the, okay. this opportunity, and uh, I love the Shabbat and I love the Aramaic teachings. Thank you very much.
4: Fabulous. And and just a reminder, if anybody wants to do the meditation in Spanish, how often do you do that? And if, when?
5: Um, it's twice a month. The next one, it's. Uh, Saturday, um, September the
0: sixteenth.
5: So the second and the fourth uh, Saturday of every month in Spanish. But it's earlier. It's at twelve thirty. And p.m. is it
4: the same link?
5: Um, no, it's same, different. Different, it's a Zoom different
0: link. Okay.
5: Yeah, but you can text me the same. It's the same uh, phone. My same phone number, and I'll text you the link.
0: Awesome.
4: All right, young lady. Appreciate it.
5: Yes. Thank you very much. Well, you have all a wonderful weekend.
4: Jeannie, did you have a thought for Nene?
1: No, she's going to send me the the zoom link and I'm going to put it on the website. Cool. Yes.
5: But, um, um, Michael, I did send you the flyer, the poster. It's in your text and check your WhatsApp. Okay. It's, it's There. Awesome, and I'll I'll send you the link this afternoon.
4: All right, take care. Thank you, Hux. Bye. All right, bye bye. All right, and for anybody who's not familiar with the Aramaic Shabbat, or is the the word that the uh, the Greeks translated as forgive, and gave the meaning of pardoning for forgiveness. But in the Aramaic, the word actually means to cancel. So that's why the meditation is focused around isolating, identifying, and then canceling goals. So entering into a forgiveness meditation. Great idea, Nene. Sweet.
1: And we have a hand up.
4: Awesome. Let's say hello to our caller.
1: It is Mr. Terry, 336. You're on the air. Hey, folks. How are you?
4: Hey, welcome, young man. Good to hear your voice. I've been trying to reach you for a couple of days.
6: I know, and then I try to call you, and I was like, oh, it's radio show time. Uh, thought, there you go. Oh, I know I catch him there. So I'd love to see you guys tomorrow. You can send me info on that. If, if this is a format to relay like my message, too. But um, that that would be really, really nice. We can talk about that at the show. And then, um, yeah, I'll, I'll call just, you right after the show. Yeah, and so what was exciting, though know, it's like, okay, even though I called in just to make that connection, then you have um, what was the lady's name that does the Spanish meditation?
0: Nene. Nene?
6: N-E-N-E. N-E-N-E, Nene.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
6: Okay, great. Um, That's pretty exciting to me because in the construction industry, uh, especially around this area of North Carolina. I didn't catch where she was at, but that's kind of... She's in Florida. Florida. Okay, well, great. Um, I get the opportunity to work with a lot of the Hispanic people. And just, right. You know, it, it's been frustrating to me not to be able to help them more. You know, I've brought it's brought up some frustration for me. It's, you know, I felt frustration around it. And I've even uh, reached out to a couple different translator people, but that's all was kind of problematic, and I only got so much space and time in a day. But this is a, a very exciting resource for me to have, so I look forward to getting that link. And um, uh, the opportunities there are, are fantastic. Uh,
4: there's a cool. lot of- uh, Nene, are you still on the line?
6: Uh,
4: Nene, are you still on the line? No, I guess she dropped off.
1: I have hey, to get her roast. back on. Oh, mm. you mean Nene? Nene,
4: yeah. yeah. Okay. Hold on, Terry, I'm oh. gonna see if I can get Nene back on again.
1: Sure. See, she can she can't dial it. in, so he has to um uh conference her in. So well if she's interested,
6: he'll... you can certainly share my contact information with her, you know.
1: Awesome. Okay. He's trying to get her back on. Awesome. Oh, okay. So while we're waiting on him to see if he gets her, as far as tomorrow, uh, we'll just – is Greensboro probably a good place to meet for lunch?
6: Yeah, I got a lot of
1: flexibility.
6: That's that's a great area. I don't know what your route is. Um, Um. As far as coming through Greensboro, where do you turn off? You probably hit 421, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Let's
1: see. It looks like um, we can go through. looks like we go a little bit south or on 74. Uh Uh-huh but we can come up if it's better to come up through 40.
6: No. And I'm back. Oh, okay. 74 goes I'm back, back with A. Oh, and I just okay. thought it
4: would be useful to, uh, for you guys to connect on the show so that anybody else that's listening, it might stir some ideas as to ways we can put these tools into more people's hands. So maybe they can say a little bit more about what she's been doing over the last 12 years around the work. And uh, that might be an inspiration, Terry, for you. And, uh, and who knows what conversations will open for anybody else.
5: Absolutely.
4: I know one of my uh, favorite memories about the Spanish language is that uh, about 10 years ago we were in Miami and we did a workshop and half of the audience spoke Spanish and half of the audience spoke English and we had two boards set up and I would teach the workshop in uh, in English and then Nene taught the workshop in Spanish and that was pretty cool. Yes, it
5: was great, no? very much so. Very engaging, very uh, magical.
4: So what Terry had just shared, Nene, is that he's a contractor Mm -hmm. in North Carolina and has a lot of workers that he works with that are Spanish that don't have resources. So he was excited about how what you're doing might be able to be a resource for the people that he's working with. And Terry, why don't you go ahead and say more about what's on your mind there?
6: Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, as Hi. a contractor here. Hi. Hi, Nene. I'm sorry. Still there? Okay, yeah. yeah. we're here. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, well, first, I want to say hello, Nene, and uh, it's nice to hear what you're doing. And as a contractor in the construction industry here, um, the Hispanic population has become more and more important in some of my best Uh, people have come from the uh, Hispanic background. And um, the community here is just going and going and And part of my frustration has been the language barrier that comes up, sharing bits and pieces and not having a good resource to share with the folks. I even use outside interpreters occasionally just for work stuff, and that's been kind of hit or miss. So the opportunity to share this and have something that would create a, a deeper common bond with this uh, richer uh, base, uh, you know, the richness of the wagon work, it, was, it just seemed like it was the perfect thing.
5: Yes, fantastic. I created Shabbat Functional Meditation after COVID. because I used to have my workshops uh, live in a French house or um, when I went to Venezuela in a dance studio. And I did, you know, the teaching and also the, the breathing, the mind, mind shifters, and all that. And then after the COVID, I, you know, we all were online a lot. And I said, well, I can have a meditation in Spanish. And I started little by little combining yoga nidra which is a body scan, plus a meditation, plus the Shabbat. It's very important that you, you cancel the goals so you can really delete from the unconscious function. So uh, it's been growing, and it's very helpful because, as I said, we all have certain goals in common about life being accepted or feeling your own worth or um, being more kind in your family or deleting your anger, being more mindful. So um, that's how I've done the meditation. We start and people connect from different part of the world. I talk a little about Falchabag and the American, Aramaic process. So I... Spend more of the time in the meditation. So I just speak about eight minutes. And then I ask people if you have special goals, special challenge that you would like to clear, that would like to forgive energies from that associated with that goal. So people write me in the chat box. And then I include that in, in the – it's like doing a worksheet but uh, in a guided meditation. It's very powerful, very, very. And so I do it every other, the second and the fourth Saturday of every month, it's at 12.30 Easter day day time. And as I said before, it's about 45 minutes. Then um, after that, some people want to have it private. We, I have the the worksheets and we do it privately via zoom and um people recommend to others and, and for me, it's just fantastic it's a continuous cleansing cleansing your system,
1: Michael. I think you're talking, but I can't hear you. Yes.
4: I was I just was going to say, to say yeah. that's pretty, pretty, su- pretty sweet. And uh, perhaps uh, you could tie in that Spanish meditation with your support group there with your Spanish community. That would be pretty awesome.
5: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I can um, customize if, for instance, uh, an evening is better for you. We can do, you know, like a once a month. Special, I could uh, tailor that for you if you want. You have my number. You can ask Michael for my number, and we can talk more if you want.
6: I appreciate that offering the opportunity. And uh, there's there's folks every day. I met some new folks yesterday. I'm sure I'll meet some today that are potentials, and us uh, helping them to. Live a better life.
4: I think that's the bottom line.
0: Awesome. Wonderful.
4: Well, it'll be interesting to see what develops. Who knows?
5: Yes. Yes. Nene. I may travel there one day and do a and mind shifters on a breathing session. Why not? A weekend.
4: There you go. Hey. <laughs> That'd oh, be awesome.
5: in Spanish?
3: Like, yeah. Yes.
4: Yes. That'd be fabulous. Cool. Well, who knows? Nene? we may be able to say we knew you when. <laughs> and get you flying all over the globe with it.
5: Ah uh, yes, amen, amen, amen.
4: You are ready? <laughs> okay.
5: I'm ready. Yes.
4: All right. Well, any other thoughts for you, Terry? Yeah.
5: Well, it's in my. I've been. Uh, You know, I listen to other um, personal development and this and that. There's one writer in Spain that says you have to write or do things that really have, that you do something with it. And for me, ever since I discovered the Aramaic teachings, that was in January 2011. And I put in practice, because you have to do practice. It has meant a lot for me for me, for my family, um, just being able to know your energies and then you can remove them. And you create a different life. You do, you do. Even in the worst moment, the more challenge, you have that shabak, And then, you know, sometimes I drive and invoke Rucha de Kusha. And it's a moment so intimate, so powerful. And that's why I decided to to say, you know what, I can do this in Spanish for free and to communicate in a deeper level, soul level, with so many people that we are in the same, we are in the same soup, quantum soup. And it's, it's fantastic.
1: Michael, you're muted.
4: Nene was actually on the show about two weeks ago, Terry, uh, to celebrate her five thousandth worksheet. She had been tracking numbers since she started doing worksheets twelve years ago, and hit five thousand just recently. So she's well acquainted with the forgiveness process.
6: That is fantastic. That's really fantastic. It is. And, uh, I remember. I didn't. I didn't keep all mine track them all and no, all, but I kept a like a running count. And I remember when I crossed that threshold, and I was like, wow, this doesn't sit back and absorb that. That's really good. So I'm so honored and privileged to have a partner out there that's that crossed that milestone, and uh, we're going to encourage Dan to come on across, and I'm sure there's a lot more out there that are in the club that I don't know about. hmm.
4: Awesome. All right, well, we'll make sure you each have each other's phone numbers and contact information, and uh, it'll be fun to hear reports on what unfolds and what happens and whose lives are impacted.
5: Fantastic. I think it's,
4: yes. Okay. And and we'll invite everybody who's listening to get on board with, you know, you don't have to be a master at doing this work in order to facilitate uh, the worksheet process. You know, Susan that calls in. She has a regular weekly group that she does every Wednesday on Zoom. And Zoom is free these days. You can download it. You can even just do it from your phone. So anybody that wants to, if you want to learn this work, teach this work. There's where the real key is. And so if you want to really integrate forgiveness into your life and the forgiveness process, inspire somebody, support somebody in doing it. And whether it's one person, two, ten, or a hundred, you know uh, what you'll find is as you begin to teach it, everything that you need to deal with will start to come up for you, and you'll get to accelerate your healing process. So just an invitation to everybody who's listening. And, uh, you know, if each person, if if, if each one that we added to the roster just taught one, and then one by one, it wouldn't be long before the whole planet would have the, at least the understanding that forgiveness is not about letting somebody else off the hook, that it's an internal process, and it's really very simple to do. So each one teach one. Yes. Cool. All right, Nene, thank you. Appreciate you. Any other thoughts for you before you go?
5: Um, well, in, in this world, frantic world, that there's so much stimulus and so much goals and stress and all that. Um, the Shabbat functional meditation its the way to give yourself some time, quality time, and do something for yourself and be ready, recharge your energies to continue. And it does affect you, your work, your family, your health. It has an impact on everything because it's all energy.
4: Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And, uh, Mr. Mr. Terry, any other thoughts for you, sir? Anything we can support you in? And I'll call you after the show. We'll make arrangements to connect for lunch tomorrow.
6: Uh, no, you're doing a fantastic job. I appreciate the call. Well, I'm going to continue listening, but I have to um, uh, engage and uh, head over to our project. But I'm going to be listening, so jump in there and huh. stir up some stuff.
0: All
4: right, sir. Blessings. Appreciate you. Thanks. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Yes, thank okay. you. bye Ciao.
5: Gracias. Ciao.
4: Gracias. Mucho gusto. All right, Ms. Jeannie, do we have anybody else proffering anything in the chat room or anybody in the phone queue with a hand up? If you're out there in listener land and you're uh, on one of those stations where we can't see you in our control panel... You can't talk to us unless you call in on the the phone line directly, and the call-in number is 563-999-3581. We invite you to put that number in your phone, save it, put an alarm in your phone to remind you about the radio show. So if you're out there in listener land, give us a call, and if we can support you, push one. Let's have a conversation. Where are you at in your forgiveness work? What questions are coming up for you? What support do you need? What would you like to see us do in a way of uh, of additional support that maybe we're not doing now? If you've got an idea that we could incorporate. So if you're out there, give us a call. Let's have a conversation about it. So, Miss Junie, what do you think?
1: Uh, well, I was just going to say you know even though we are leaving tomorrow to go on vacation and we're doing pre-recorded shows all next week that next saturday not tomorrow but next saturday the 16th we will still be doing the steel point breathing i'll be driving michael will be on the zoom in the car and so if you're participating in that you know we are going to be there so definitely come on in i did send an email out to everybody who had signed up for it already and so if you're interested contact me at genie, J-E-A-N-I-E, at org, or call Michael and get registered. And we do have a hand that just went up. Cool. Let's go for it. 864, Mr. Joe. Hi.
7: Hey. Hey, what's happening there, the rices, uh, Dr. and Genie? What's the skinny? We're rocking on.
4: I don't know if you're yeah. close enough, I, I'm not remembering exactly where you are, but when I call Terry and find out where we're going to meet for lunch, I'll put that information in your hands and maybe you can come join us for lunch too. It would be cool for you and Terry to connect. I don't, I don't know just how far, what, what the distance is, how far you are away from each other, but uh, that would, would be interesting. We're no, he's, he's Greensboro. in North Carolina. Huh?
7: He's in Greensboro, yeah. Oh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Now you're on the South Carolina yeah. side,
4: but I don't know how far it is from uh from where you are.
7: Yeah, I mean, let me know. What I didn't I, I just I just jumped on. You're going you're going next week up okay. that way or what are you Oh, okay. Yeah.
4: How far are you? Do you know from Graham? He's actually in Graham now, Janie. How far are you from Graham, North Carolina? Do you know? I,
7: it's gotta be no, not off the top of my head. I mean, Uh, It's two hours. Anyway,
4: we're heading. We've got a timeshare next week, and uh, Michael J. is coming in with his wife, Jamie, and our new granddaughter, who is going to be celebrating her first birthday with us. And so we're going to be driving to uh, Uh, Myrtle Beach, and we're going to stop and have lunch with Terry along the way. And if you're close enough, maybe you could join us. That'd be fabulous. I don't know, know. Maybe do a quick look at where Graham is. I don't yeah, know exactly where we're going to meet yet. Right, right. Harry right, and I
1: were talking right. about that and it'll probably be somewhere in Greensboro.
7: Okay. So are you close to Greensboro?
1: Where huh. where you're located? I would
7: say you know, I'm close to Charlotte. I know that much. I don't know if that Uh-huh. Geographically, I'm not I didn't grow up around here, so when it, when I I didn't right. I don't have the sense of logistics and how far things are and so forth. But okay. Well, what
4: town is it that you're in?
7: I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. Greenville, South Carolina. Hmm.
4: Anyway, what's mm-hmm. on your
7: mind? Uh, I just I really just the, um, I guess in terms of the work is um, – just reminding myself of the collapse or and or the um of course, now I can't think of the word, but I do love that the idea of forgiveness and the collapsing of the of the goal, yeah, having a goal and then saying, okay, it's not it's not working, or there's some kind of a tweak to it that's not acceptable or doesn't feel right, so uh, allow it to collapse, uh, ask for help, and move on. Um, that's really, I mean, the, the the interesting thing is as I'm discussing or having a conversation with Susan, uh, my significant other, and something gets said by her that that cringes i get this cringe of uh, you know uh, what's the right word like it's just this like ouch cringe feeling of why why would you say something like that or and it, to me the interpretation becomes oh that's sarcasm and i don't you know sarcasm is it just doesn't have the creativity of of good or any humor it's just got this edge to it that, you know, sure, you know, it's, it's, can laugh it off and so forth, but, um, I don't know. It's just a, I think sometimes, um, it's, it's, or I guess really what it revolves around, Michael, is that there's sometimes when I feel, when I get that twinge or cringe of some type of pain or someone's, or and or I feel attacked that it's that it's just another opportunity for me to be quiet breathe understand that it's it's just it's just that it's just a thought it doesn't have to you know don't really the most important thing is like when I is not to engage that's what seems to be just a pause and Okay. Take a breath. I've, I've seen this. Huh?
4: Pause and take a breath.
7: Yeah. Be with it. Well,
4: well, it's interesting. Well, two things. I just did a quick search, and it's about 190 miles. So it might be a little bunch for lunch tomorrow, but you'd certainly be welcome if you chose to. Yeah. And um, you know, the 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 root of the word sarcasm
7: means to
4: tear flesh. Right, and I remember that. I, I came up in a, a family system where sarcasm was a way of life. That was just, you know, I, especially I had s- some uncles on my mom's side that if they didn't use sarcasm, they'd have never spoken to each other. That was just like right. the modus operandi of that of the especially the males in that family. And of course, so I was brought up with that, and I, it was always thought to be smart whoever could come up with the the fastest cutting remark kind of got the applause. And then when I started this work and started to look into it, what became really apparent to me is that sarcasm is our culture's socially acceptable way of expressing otherwise unexpressible rage. And once people start to look at that as the dynamic underneath sarcasm, it's a monumental opportunity
7: to heal. Yeah, it is. It's really. I mean, yeah, especially, and if your partner you know for me right now my partner is is you know i can i'd spend some time with her family and it's it's this uh this idea of that how clever can your sarcasm be how biting or uh, um, exactly yeah i don't know yeah i mean how biting or just just how how cruel and and or in the same moment, this cruel silliness, like you know I'm joking, but I'm but I'm sticking this dagger into you, and it's just yeah, that hurts you, like well yeah, uh, and and you're asking me that question because you know it did, it hurts you, <laughs> you're the one that got whacked first with it. <laughs> It, it's that i guess that 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 point of when someone turns and says that hurt- or I'm sorry or did that did that hurt you and it and it's like well I mean it wasn't it to me it's it's this lack of creativity and humor uh and if that's the best you can do well it's okay i you know I don't find it to be the the most creative the most funny um
4: you know, just yeah, the culture admires it.
7: It's like, oh yeah, you came up with
4: the cutting, the, the the deepest cutting remark, the fastest. You you win, and it's like, thanks, but make mine vanilla. <laughs> you know, like
0: yeah, yeah, that
7: yeah. That was that was look.
4: my upbringing. I I didn't know any better. You know, that's that's what that was what the game was made of. So. Yeah, I
7: I just the the other the other thing is. Um, Oh, what was I going to say? Just the participation, I guess, in that and the and the fortitude. There is a certain amount of, of fortitude or willingness to be in it and not participate, and just to, to 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 you know, you see that you see the arrow and you just you just dodge it. You just and I know that that it's almost like you know you'll hear it on TV that people were dodging bullets. You know, it's like. Yeah. How insane is that? Nobody's going to dodge a yeah. bullet. You know, it's just it's moving so quickly. It's just uh, turn a phrase or whatever you want to say. And it, I don't know why there's this, you know, trivialization of language. You know, this is what you're saying is important. And it just gets trivialized. Oh, you know, you know, suck it up. What's the matter with you, you know? This is how we do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit.
0: That's
4: oh, most, of, oh, I that most of the culture. No, you're there. You're yeah. there. Anyway. That's that's most of the culture, unfortunately. And, you know, most of the culture is based in lies.
7: Just, you know, yeah, just day the to day.
4: Outside. You know, no nobody says what they really mean, or rarely. And... No, when, when you start to tell the truth, it's a uh, it's a wake up call, and when you start to you know, be willing thing, to
7: to hear the truth. The other thing is talking about others. You know this. Oh, you know, so and so's this way or that way, and gossip. How about if we just? How about if we talk about me, or how about if we talk about you and how are you and what you know what's coming up for you, that kind of thing. Oh no, let's talk about. You know, my sister or my brother or whatever, that's, you know, this is what's going on there. Oh, okay, well, yeah, Oh, well, that's what's going on for them. What's going on, you know, how does that relate to what you're going through, you're dealing with, you know? You can really, uh, it, it's it's another one of those times where it's like the descriptions or the things that you hear other people talking about other others, you can, oh, well I can, I can see what's going on for you. Is this your experience with that? You know, it's just, I don't know. I think a gentle
4: way to introduce the idea of thanks, but let's pass on the gossip can be, well, if we're going to talk about them, why don't we invite them to join the conversation? Otherwise, it's a gossip.
7: <laughs> yeah, that's powerful. And I like that.
4: And, to, you know, just as simple, and I'd rather have them be part of the conversation so that we can all be clear and, and communicate. You know, we've got a commitment lovingly, gently, and respectfully. Mm. And people who <laughs> have a lifelong experience of communicating through negative interaction, it's a, it's a big deal to give that up. Yeah, it's like and it's competitive, you know. Too. It's just, it's, just hmm. you know, it's like it's like being invited to the to the front of the class when you're right-handed and being asked to write with your left hand. You know, it's the the change, is that big? uh it's like awkward. It's hmm. and and of course being uncomfortable. Many people don't want to go there, and uh, and. When you invite them to, they have to do some adjusting, but uh, it sure makes
7: for a different kind the of other interaction. Is, yeah, the, the other thing too is I might share too much. It's almost I don't you know not not well, oh if you or genie and the work that, that you guys are, that we do together it's it's more of sometimes I find myself Joe whoa 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 why why are you sharing this with someone. And I don't know that there has to be certain measures of who and what you're sharing or who and what you're, you know, whether it's, I don't know, just this, this aspect of, wait a minute, is, or you know, it has to be considered the person that I'm sharing with and talking to about something. Are they, I don't know, I don't think there has to be any kind of a judgment made, but there's this notion of fruitlessness in in the sharing and or just coming up with some kind of a it, it, the fruit becomes some drama when the intention was not that at all it was just expressing myself in a certain manner that turned in for the other person the listener to you know come up with their own conclusion where i was just unloading it's almost you know like any therapy for me is just it's helpful because i've unloaded the the information or the the thoughts. Uh, I don't know what that it does. You know, it's interesting. To, hmm. In the uh,
4: Aramaic, what people call the Lord's Prayer, not a prayer at all, but that's a whole different conversation. But there's one line that can, can be properly translated as, free me from or get me out of my habit mind. And when you ask somebody to step out of their habit mind and actually have to start to become conscious and think and originate new ways of being, it can be uncomfortable. So, you know, if you can be prepared to be the space, just hold the space to support somebody going through that discomfort or they may have to process uh, Mm -hmm. their discomfort. They may need the space to express. And it's like, well, gee, if, if I'm not doing this, I don't know what else to do. Well, let's get creative right, right, you know, so there might yeah. be some uh, some handholding and some guidance needed when you ask somebody to give up their habitual ways habitual unconscious ways, and from what I understand, your young lady is you know really has done some serious work, so mm-hmm. I'd support you going mm-hmm. for it
7: yeah we had a, a uh, her birthday was Wednesday, and huh? uh, I said so uh, eternal day. Yeah. I, I, yes. I. I, I, uh, I said, uh, you know, we woke up. And I said, "Would you like your first gift?" And she said, "Yes." And I said, "I give you silence." Oh, it was a big hit, Mike. Jeannie, big hit. So she's been she's been uh, employing, shall we say, or uh, using the gift of silence that I gave her. Like okay, because we were making dinner last night, and you know, I thought, well, why don't we play some? I'll get some music going. No, 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 no. Just silence. Silence is good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I'll let you in on a secret. Okay, you ready? else Are you? Huh? Well, I didn't. It didn't cost me a thing, just to be silent.
4: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ex- except becoming conscious of your own thoughts, right?
7: <laughs> amen, amen, amen. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Hmm. Anyway, that's all I had. What do we got? Weekend's coming up. You guys are hit. You going to the beach, huh?
4: We're going to the beach for a week. Next week, Gene's and picked out a bunch of some of our best shows over the last 12 years, so it'll be a treat for everybody to get those... Cool. You know, tweaked shows, and uh, mm-hmm. so everybody enjoys that. And and if you know, seeing as how you won't be able to call in because it won't, it'll be pre-recorded. You know, if you uh, if you have questions from those shows, it'd be awesome mm-hmm. if you make a note and mm-hmm. uh, and then call in next week and let's converse about whatever those things are.
7: Outstanding. Yeah. Cool. In Out- your field. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I will add that, you, you know, and I'll make a note for Jeannie. I'll send her a note that, you know, I was not introduced today. I, it concerns me that when I come on your show, I, I want my introduction. Well,
4: you know, you slipped in so fast, and it was so smooth <laughs> that I didn't, want to, I didn't want to interrupt you.
7: Excuses, doctor, excuses. <laughs> Nobody loves you guys more. I'll talk to you later.
4: All right. Blessings, friend. Take care. Bye-bye. Right.
1: Bye. And I'm not sure if Terry's hand went back up or not. Um, He shifted in position on the switchboard, so he may have hit it again. Terry, you're back on.
4: Hey, Terry, did you have another thought for us, sir?
6: Oh, yeah. Yeah, any time. It always just starts opening the files. And uh, the, the biggest one is like, wow, what a blessing my life received and that all the workshops I was able to to participate in and the two years at Heartland, oh, that's just so big. And at the time and things like that, uh, I'm not always aware of the magnitude of that. But uh, in your lifetime, you only have so many, you know, years and months and weeks that uh, are going to unfold like that here and and to have that happen and to be a participant in it changed everything okay and your body of work is so vast and comprehensive that without that time there's no way to touch into it and start to understand it so as you guys were sharing what came up for me was regulatory speech and all the work around that and and the whole laws of living workshop and how powerful that was in helping me to become aware of my own participation in all these dialogues, events, and conversations. And as I, and I really got a, a, a grasp on it because last night a fellow came up to me, one of the guys' a sponsor, him and his wife had had a thing, and, uh, and uh, uh, it came around to some sarcasm was a big part of their dynamic. And I was like, oh, you know, well, I know this fellow has done a lot of work. Around, and he you know, first wanted to introduce me to the concept definition of tearing the flesh. And that really anchored in a new meaning for me of the whole sarcasm thing. So I became more acutely aware of sarcasm. And in doing the verbal links and all the other worksheets and stuff to come up, what I realized just now in the last, fit here. It's not only that. I started experiencing less and less of that as I cleaned it up in me. I don't attract right. it. It's the whole, there it is again, law of resonance. There's a, there's a decidedness. And I can remember some individuals that were very, very heavily charged with sarcasm and this, that, and the other. And like, oh, okay. And every time you, you know, I would get triggered and of course, I would respond in some way that was less than loving and then have my opportunity. But um, I guess I'm kind of tooting my own horn a little bit, but, wow, I see noticeably now over this long period of time that less and less of that has been attracted into my life and that I can share from a place of, uh, oh, there's there's something you can do about that, you know, if you're willing. But it takes, it takes us as well. It takes me a lot of work and a lot of effort continued and, and all but I wanted to tie that in so that if anybody's struggling or working or attracting that kind of stuff you know might be a good time to look at lost living or a good time to start doing some one-on-one coaching work with somebody and, and, and dig in there and uh, clean that stuff out
1: Terry I, I believe that it yeah. was you that said something about doing worksheets until you want to do the worksheets or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's
6: right. That's right. That was from my AA training. Keep do, going to meetings until you want to go. was like, oh, what a novel idea. And it worked. And so I've applied that on out. Oh, I keep doing the worksheets until I want to do worksheets. Yes. And, and it doesn't mean that I'm permanently going to want to do worksheets. Because I'm going to come up against a big R. Time and time again, but I have a little reminder. Oh well, let's see if we just keep doing them until I want to them. And it's almost like a little bit of a joke with myself, you know. But it
1: works. Yeah, I was working with somebody. I I love
0: it.
1: Yeah, I was working with somebody earlier this week, and they're actually also in AA, so um, I think that uh, they will get it. But it was like, ah, oh, these worksheets are so d hard. You know, it's like, well, that's one way you could look at it. But
4: I think that's such a powerful thought that your sponsor gave you when you asked, um, "How long do I need to go to meetings?" <laughs> that's, that's just. Uh... It, and it, it applies perfectly with doing doing one's work. How long do I need to do it? Do it until you want to do it, and then you'll do it, which means you're going to do it your whole life long. Now, I, I, exactly. I personally feel blessed. Yeah, that's it exactly. And I feel blessed in that I chose to teach this work as a full-time occupation, so it's kept me involved because I realized that I probably wouldn't have stayed involved if I didn't teach it. So that's one of the other benefits of teaching it too.
6: And you know, Dan, I've been sharing it with Dan. Prime example, right? He's dug up every every, every worksheet form. You know, uh, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, um,
0: These
6: the style, every um,
4: the different style worksheets. Uh, all you know.
6: the, yeah, all the different ones. He's coming up with. He's photographing them out of the book and print printing them off and working with this one and that one. And I was like, oh and I wouldn't have got into that back like, uh, you know, to that level, but seeing him do it, I was like, oh, yeah, and then he's got a fresh idea. He brings fresh energy and fresh input into it, which helps me to get better.
4: Cool. Do you know if he's going to join us for uh, Still point next weekend? I know we had talked about Not it sure, one point wanting to join us.
6: Yeah, I'm going to put it out to him so he'll have a little advance notice. Thanks for reminding Yeah, it
4: would be cool if you did. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. All right. Well, I, I for one, really appreciate that uh, the two years that you spent at Heartland and what you inspired and guided and got accomplished on the property was awesome in upgrading so much of Heartland that uh, the work you did on the teaching center with uh moving and putting those new restrooms in and and just all of it and just and that roof on uh, one of one of the things i appreciate most terry is that when your time was completed at heartland and you know you were ready to go that there was a, a roof being done and you just hung out till you finished it and i sure i've appreciated that about you many times that you made that contribution
6: I got so much out of that because all my resistance was up, all of it.
7: <laughs> oh dear!
6: And walking I, I, through that with all, all with a mental battle going on, literally. Okay, you're just gonna, uh, you, you know, and the whole dynamic there. But man, just accomplishing that one thing shifted so much.
2: Yeah. Well,
6: there was so much in it.
4: Appreciation, yes, appreciation, and I appreciate that you've.
6: uh... Go ahead. I was just saying, yeah, the, the the piece that we developed out there and worked on together about agreements and how to structure those and work with those and the impacts of that and making agreements and you know the regular all of it just came together with that one. Uh, like culminating experience for me.
4: Awesome. Well, the other thing I was starting to say that I'm really appreciating is that you've decided to pull out, uh, the, the tools again on another level and have set up a regular support group for people to come to your home and, uh, and learn the work. I mean, that's just, um, monumental. So. Mucho, mucho gusto.
6: Well, it's it's always been there. I've always offered, introduced it. Now it's just the next step. It's a little more formal, and there's a commitment there. You know, a deeper commitment. Right. Yeah.
4: Cool. All right, sir. Well, any other thoughts?
6: Beautiful day. That's how it came up. I wanna shut up yeah. and let you let you tell tell us tell us a little bit give us a little wind up summary here today.
4: Okay, sir. We'll do it. Yeah, we're down to about three minutes, so I'll just say that uh we appreciate everybody joining us. Um, the me, the process of recognizing that whatever your mind is outputting, it is a reflection of generations and generations and generations of habit. That's why they had that story about you know, the people who got lost in the desert for forty years and the way to get free of those generational patterns, those unconscious dynamics, is to kick in, put the pen to the paper, and do the work. If one doesn't do the work, those things just don't change. You know, they're 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 patterns. They have this this um, feature called inertia. They're going to keep happening until you say enough is enough and put the pen to the paper, and do the work. And when you do, whatever the reality structure is, when you engage in collapsing it sufficiently, you'll be free of it. That's all. And you know that scriptural quote that warns us to recognize where the patterns come from you know, look to the lives of the fathers for, and of course not just the fathers, but the parents, the fathers and the mothers, for ours are but a shadow of theirs upon the earth. And those generational patterns need to be faced and need to be changed. And so put the pen to the paper and go for it. Any thoughts for you, Miss Jeannie? To close it out.
1: No, that's good. And we're down to less than two minutes. So.
4: All right. Well, we'll just say thank you, everybody, for joining us. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. And if you would, hold the space for us over the period of the next week as we go and play with our uh, our newest granddaughter and son and daughter-in-law. Uh, we're just going to take some vacation time and appreciate everybody's support. And... Uh, have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. More evolving
3: continuously.
1: Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet as we present the 1st Century Aramaic Internal Process of Forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on MindShifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.